So, um, I was on the old uh, Instagram earlier today, and you know how they give you like the suggestions of things you might want to follow, and uh, it was the Amazon Prime, and they had an ad for this new show that they're doing. It's a show about the Wu Tang, sir. Did you, I was asking if you I want to know if you if you saw anything about that, your thoughts, if you did. It's very interesting that you brought that up because literally five seconds before you came in, I was looking at the cast list for that oh, because yeah? I wanted to know who, who played the old dirty bastard. Oh, because yeah. I feel like his son should play the old dirty bastard because he looks and sounds just that makes like perfect him. sense. Yes, and he's young, but they did they did not cast him. Aww. And then they have Dave East playing the Method Man, and he's uh. I don't know. I have to see how he does. I feel like with some of these, like, you could have just had the guys play them. Like, you know, I mean, it yeah. would be a little bit weird because it's supposed to be when they were younger, but I, I don't know. Like, and that's what I was wondering because, like, I know you are more, like, knowledgeable about the Wu-Tang. Like, you know, I've we, we've had conversations before, like, you know, and I like them and, like, you know, I know, I know they're nothing to fuck with and you best protect your neck when you're yes, around yes, them. Yes, of course, of But, course. you know, I wasn't, like, you know, the whole, like, actual, like, backstory and stuff like that, so. Yes, I have read some Wu-Tang literature. And that's what it is, is literature. Literature. I gotta say it funny. Literature. Literature. Yeah, some Wu-Tang literature. It's, uh... They definitely got a cool backstory. I was thinking about watching that show, but it's on fucking Hulu. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's what it was. Not Amazon. Hulu. Hulu. Does Amazon own Hulu? Who no, owns Hulu? Disney. Disney owns Hulu now. It's a weird thing to own when you're Disney. Wu-Tang. They own everything else. Method Man's the producer on that. Because it made them seem like they were, like, uh, rivals. Like, they all, like, I guess they didn't like each other, but then, you know, through the music or whatever. Well, there's a long story with that, but I don't know if you've noticed when they did the trailer, they had all the members. They did not have one You God. No, yeah. Apparently, he had a falling out with the Wu-Tang of some sort, and he is not in the show, well, his character. That's messed up. It's kind of fucked up. I, I guess mean, he wouldn't sign his, the rights to it or something. Oh, he's too good for that money, I guess. Too good for that cream motherfucker because i mean like i don't know like again like i said you'd probably have a better idea like if he had like a bigger part in like them coming together and stuff and if you got to scrap like that part because he just didn't want to be part of it that sucks for the you know yeah i don't i don't know for the fans i i don't know how involved he was in the early wu-tang anyway because i think he's in jail during the making of the first one so i don't know maybe they just skipped over him because what is it like in the original is it like six or seven of them nine nine I thought I knew it was a high number, but man, you got the RZA, the Jizza, <laughs> the You God, Inspector Deck, Master Killer. I always forget about him. <laughs> Raekwon, the Chef, Ghostface Killer. Did I say Ghostface Killer? No, I don't think Ghost so. Ghostface Killer, the old dirty bastard, Method Man. Did I skip anybody? No, because those are the originals, and then you got then you got people like you got Capadonna, who's the unofficial tenth member, and he was also in the first album. What about of um, that red man? Because like I know not back then, but like now though, isn't he kind of like no? But he should be. Basically, I mean, why not? I don't know. I don't know how much of our audience is gonna be big Wu Tang heads. I feel like everybody should be a Wu Tang. Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna be into hip hop, might as well just be grimy hip hop talking about like Dragon Ball Z and kung fu yeah, and shit. Right? That kind of segues into this episode because we're gonna be talking about comics, man. Yeah, they like they like the comics. The comics, man. Hmm. I was gonna come up with some some witty lyrics for that, but I, I can't tired today. <laughs> Thinking, you know, 
Tired today. Tired yesterday. Gonna be tired tomorrow. Tired every day of my life. I got awake once, I think. When I was on a coke vendor <laughs> in Omaha, Nebraska. That's where we should start doing cons, like Omaha, Nebraska. Just fucked up places nobody wants to go. Like, hey, we'll go there. We'll be the guys. You want us to go to Guam? We'll go to Guam. <laughs> Heard North Korea is not too good to go, like, travel to at this time of year. Are they having some kind of convention? I'll go. <laughs> just get there and you just get, like, locked in a hard labor prison. This wasn't the kind of convention I thought it was going to be. But you know what probably still would not be as bad as going to work? Few things are. I almost just quit the day. Not before I got to work. Like, I was just laying in bed and I just... The, the idea of getting up out of my comfortable bed, which isn't even that comfortable, actually. My back was hurting. I kind of wanted to get out of bed, but I was like, no, I'd rather lay here than do what I'm about to do. <laughs> lay here in pain. Yeah. It's a damn shame, man. Yeah, nowadays, it just makes you like want to just be the guy that lives underneath the bridge. You, like really, you really like this. This is the third episode you talk about living under the bridge. Because it's going to happen soon. But where is there a bridge around here that is quality know. living? I'll, I think when you're living under the bridge, I don't think the quality. Does it have to be a bridge? Well, what else are you going to live under? Um, You can live in the sewer. I don't want to live in the sewer. Not like the Penny, sewer. But Pennywise like, is going to get me. No, like one of those uh, storm drains. Oh. Like those giant tunnels that get wet sometimes. I mean, I guess you could live on it. Who's stopping you from living under the bridge besides, like, the cops? And depends. Like, around here, you might, nobody would probably care. But if you go to Pittsburgh, they'd probably, like, bust you. Yeah. Like, there's people that live up under, like, the high bridge over oh, the river. Yeah. I'd want to live there. <laughs> Wind whipping you off. Like, oh, God. <laughs> It'd be interesting, at least. Get some cool stories out of it. Listeners, this is the Drunken Pen Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb James. With me, as always, Spencer the Nantucket Ninny Church. Ooh, that sounds like a uh, like a wrestler. The Nantucket Ninny. It sounds like one of those old homophobic heel wrestlers. Well, yeah. like not he's not the homophobe. The other wrestlers that go against him because you know he's a ninny. Yeah, and. Uh, He's dainty, and they make fun of him, almost like an old timey gold dust, but not as creepy. Yeah, it's a, I, I just would be the the one. It'd be the he'd be the one that would get it, getting the job done. Like you I'm know? thinking, um, was it Borat? No, Bruno, the guy who played Borat, the Bruno movie he did where he's like a gay man. I think he gets into like UFC fighting or something. And I, then, I I never watched Bruno. It was pretty fucking funny, very offensive, I guess. But aren't they all? Oh thought about pizza sorry mm, pizza dude i ordered two pizzas over the weekend ate them both <laughs> like saturday i just and the fucked up thing is mindy got like a chicken from walmart and uh i don't know, like potato salad or something so i ate that so i wasn't even hungry and i was just all of a sudden like you know what i'm just gonna fucking go on a bender here so i drank Cheat five beers <laughs> yeah i just drank five beers and remember this is after the comic book Book, book club where I yeah. drank all that tequila the day before, which I felt like dog shit. And a couple beers. I poured way too much in a Slurpee. It was disgusting. But anyway, yeah, and some beers. So I had uh, like five beers. I couldn't, I didn't get to the six. I didn't even get a buzz. I just got a headache. So that's the same <laughs> where my level is. And then I just ate two pieces or two uh, 
whole pizzas. No, is it like microwave pizzas or did you order them from somewhere? Papa John's. Ooh, even when with the fucking diarrhea pizza. Dude, I, I doubled up on it too. Now, Mindy ate some of the chicken one because I got a chicken one, so she ate some of that. But the other whole pizza I ate myself because it was anchovy. And oh. I just wanted to try anchovy pizza and it wasn't that bad. I don't know if I'd order it again, but it wasn't it wasn't terrible. Oh, fuck. Today, we're talking about stuff, man. Yeah. Uh, we kept the last episode quite light and it was just a flowing discussion. But I feel like this one's going to be the same because I didn't feel like doing any kind of research. Oh, my penis. Yeah. Today, we are talking about the 25 greatest comic writers of the past 25 years. Well... I'm just going to read the list real fast and be done. <laughs> just go through the whole list. Um, this is from Sci-Fi Wire. I was going to look for a uh, like a, just a ranker list or something so we could discuss the authors, but I could not find one, so I just had to go with this uh, Sci-Fi.com. Is this like the Sci-Fi channel? That's how it's spelled. I'm not sure because I see the, like I see stuff for this always pop up like in like like um. For ads or, like, you know, sponsorships on all on my different feeds. Well, it's a .org, so it's an organization. I'm not... So, maybe, yeah, maybe it's just something... Sci-Fi's 25th anniversary. Hmm. Well, we'll just go through this list. I don't even know if it's in a particular order. Number one, Jason Aaron. Noted for Scalped, The Other Side, Star Wars, Wolverine, Southern Bastards, The Mighty Thor. Every time you think you have Jason Aaron's writing style figured out... He moves to a new book and does something completely different. His work on creator-owned series like Scalped and Southern Bastards is deeply personal. It's no surprise his work gets optioned and is in development for TV because it feels like you're watching a high-end cable or premium cable show already. And then he goes on about Thor. Now, I don't remember if I read Scalped. I know uh, you didn't. You read Southern Bastards too, right? I've read the first volume of Scalped. I liked it. It was just I think it was still ongoing whenever I got into it, and I just was one of those things I haven't. But uh, so like Scalp is a um, uh, an Indian FBI agent goes undercover at a reservation to try to because uh, like the casino owner is like a. You know, as you would expect, like, a real bad dude who's yeah. doing a whole bunch of shady shit and, like, basically running, like, the the, the reserve and, you know, doing a whole bunch of bad shit like that. That's so, a bold title for the name of that, then, if it's dealing with Native Americans. Yeah. Like, that's kind of racist. Scalped? Well, Is that, there scalping that, in the book? I mean, I am i wouldn't be surprised if, like, if that's what the guy who, who the, the big, big bad guy did to people. Mm. Like I said, I only got, like, the first volume into it. Right. Um, but what do you think of Jason Aaron's writing? I, I like it. He does a lot of, um, like Southern Bastards. He made a really cool story out of high school football in the South. So, yeah. So, um, the, the boss who's like, um, he's been coaching the, oh shit. I forget the name of the football team, but like for like decades and like they hardly they hardly ever win or hardly ever lose a game. Um if it's due it's like in the playoffs, but like he again like does some shady shit. Like he has players like rough people up mm-hmm. and like nobody ever says anything because he kinda runs this small town and you know, the football team's like the lifeblood of the of the team. 
Though, unfortunately, I did jump off of that book because, like, there was super delays. Because at, at one point in time, like, I guess, like, his father passed away. And then within a short point of time, like, the, the main editor's father passed oh, away. Yeah. So, and then, like, that Thor, they mentioned Thor. Like, I haven't read any of that because, like, that's just this huge thing that's just now been ending through, like, three or four years of, like, books. So, I was thinking maybe when it comes down to, like, a big collection thing, maybe checking it out. Right. Uh, but because of him having to, you know, Marvel... You have to do when it comes to that stuff. You gotta get that stuff done first before you before you get on your own creator own stuff. You know, right? So like that stuff took pre- precedent. But yeah, Jason Aaron has a has a very like um, grittier kind of uh, like they didn't mention in this, but he had a good Ghost Rider run back in the day. Like when I when I say back in the day, I mean like when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like, that kind of horror and, like, harder edge stuff, like, but then again, like, the Thor is a very, like, kind of, like, high fantasy concept, so, like I said, I haven't read, read that, so I'd be interested to see what his take on that stuff is. Right. Uh, next up, number two, Brian Azzarello. He's known for 100 Bullets, Spaceman, Joker, Wonder Woman, and Hellblazer. As has had a crazy career with dark, intense thrillers like 100 Bullets balanced with epic mythology and Wonder Woman, his knack for putting characters in morally compromising situations is outstanding. Makes every story sure to have a twist at any time that can change everything. He's also great with villains. His Joker graphic novel and Luther miniseries with Lee Bermejo. 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 Yeah. Should know that. With Lee Bermejo are master classes in telling stories from a unique point of view. I really liked 100 Bullets, but that's probably the only thing of his I read, I think. Um, he's done like a, he's done a lot of like, he's done like a lot of different things for like creator owned that you might have read that that you didn't know maybe that was his. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he has a very like, as they were describing in that, a very like kind of noir uh, crime thriller, um, a lot of crazy shit happens. But yeah, 100 Bullets was amazing. Yeah, because I let you finish that, right? Yeah. I, I, gotta... re- I read it all in the miniseries or whatever was with it. Number three, Brian Michael Bendis, known for Powers, Avengers, Avengers Disassembled, rather, Ultimate Spider-Man, Alias, Superman, Action Comics. Bendis didn't single-handedly save Marvel Comics from bankruptcy, but he had one heck of a hand in it. By being the writer part of launching the Ultimate Comics line, then coming into Daredevil, then on to an epic Avengers run with several crazy crossover events, then X-Men, then Marvel Cosmic. Yeah, there's not much of the Marvel Universe of today that doesn't have Bendis' stamp on it. So you're a big Michael Bendis fan, aren't you? I've read a lot of his stuff. I can be very um, hit or miss, like... um. Again, that'll happen when not, you know somebody puts out enough work. So yeah, and he varied work rather, and um, like his ultimate, like especially like the ultimate, like um, uh, Spider Man, like that stuff was coming out whenever, like um, like whenever I first got into comics, they were like in like the like somewhere between like the thirty to forty issues, like so. And, like, all that was just, like, a modern retelling of the Spider-Man or- origin, like, just right. in today or 15 years ago today, you know? Like, uh, the Avengers, like, that's the only Avengers stuff that I have is the stuff that he wrote on, it, that he wrote. Mm-hmm. And 
uh, that was mainly because he kind of, I was never a big Avengers fan, but like he put Spider-Man and Wolverine on the Avengers. Like that's the first time like that ever was like really a thing. So I was like, yeah, this, this is awesome. man. <laughs> but like he gets, he, he, um, people give him a lot of shit because like he'll have like a couple pages of just like his character sitting around a table having a conversation. Uh-huh. So with uh, that could be a little annoying depending on the book, but like, he did like Jessica Jones. If anybody was a fan of that series, that Netflix series, they pulled heavily from um, from his work on that. He single handedly he didn't create that character, but he like made her popular. Yeah, he fucking made Luke Cage popular. Like, yeah, he wasn't a very popular character for a long time. Next up, number four, Ed Brubaker. He's known for Criminal, The Fade Out, Captain America, Gotham Central, Sleeper, and Catwoman. He brought Bucky Barnes back and made everyone love it. He helped reinvent the Gotham City PD and made it a much more diverse environment. At arguably the top of his game, he dropped out of Marvel and DC altogether and went to Image to write killer crime stories. Whether you're looking for noir thriller or superhero stunner, you're set with Brubaker. I don't think I've ever read any of his work. Probably not, but... uh what they leave out of here too is like I'm pretty sure he went and he wrote on the first uh, season of a Westward, mm-hmm. which is cr- pretty crazy. Like that was that's crazy. I know like you need less things to watch, but I know, I know, I hear all about it. But um, yeah, I think you would uh you would you would like a lot of his stuff because just like uh you know just the the, the subject matter that it deals with and stuff mm-hmm. and um. The the Captain America run, I mean, that's like a big chunk of what um, uh, uh, not Civil War, but um, Winter Soldier and all that like Marvel came stuff. From. Yeah, it came from was a, was a lot of a lot of his work, and like he like he's even done he's done work on uh like the X Men, and he's a, he's one of those guys that's been around Daredevil too. He's uh they just how Bendis they mentioned Bendis did Daredevil. He did it for a long time. And that's who took over after after he got off. So right. number five, Kurt Busiek. He's noted for Astro City, Marvels, Autumnlands, and Avengers. And I know I haven't read his work. No, uh, wait, no, you you have. He did um he did Marvels. I remember that um we read it for book club. Did I like it? I don't remember. What was it was one of the um uh not Kingdom Come that was painted. By Alex Ross, but the other one, it sounds familiar, but I don't remember. It was kind of like um, a newsman in like the sixties or like. Oh 40s, yeah, I really like that yeah. where he goes through the whole period. Of, yeah, yeah, like month. starting with like Namor and then yeah, yeah. I actually did really like that. Huh? Yeah, he's he's very good on that kind of stuff. He also did like he wrote the um, the Justice League and Avengers crossover years ago. Whenever mm-hmm. Marvel and DC was still cool, based kind of cool to each other. Um, I haven't read a whole bunch of his stuff. Um, I think he was just like a little bit more before my time. Mm-hmm. When uh, I think he was a, a bigger like eighties to nineties. Like obviously he still does stuff now and it's popular. But I think like that's whenever his like because I think he had a good like Superman run too. I think. Yeah, I'm liking this Astro City cover. This Batman looking character punching a shark in the face. Yeah, I think that I never read that series, but I think it's just, I think it's one of those things where you like. He takes the tropes and ideas of like kind of character like this isn't Batman, but it's basically Batman, yeah. but but in you know his own universe. 
Number six, Kelly Sue DeConnick. DeConnick. Yeah. Kelly Sue DeConnick, noted for Bitch Planet, Captain Marvel, Pretty Deadly, and Aquaman. I have not read hers either. Our Bitch Planet was good. Yeah, I haven't read a whole bunch of hers, and I know that's probably going to be like, oh, it's because she's a woman. And it's more just like, no, she's just write, writing books that I just don't like. Like Captain Marvel. Yeah, I just never, it. I was just never big. That wasn't in my demographic, but I've heard that like she does good work. Um, I did hear interesting things about Bitch Planet, but I think that was another one of those ones that kind of got slagged with delays and stuff like that. Right. I'm interesting. I didn't look too farther down the list, but she's married to another writer. I'm, um, let's see if see if he ends up on this list or not. He might. Number seven, Warren Ellis. He's known for Planetary, Next Wave, Transmopolitan, and Hellblazer. I really, really want to read Transmopolitan. Yeah, it's supposed to be crazy. There's a few times I almost just dropped like the 140 bucks to get the giant omnibus version of it. It's just omnibus so is, much. Omnibuses are hard to read, though. Like an omnibus is omnibus. You just buying that just to have it look nice on the shelf. Like if well, you're the, gonna if you're gonna read read that, you're gonna have to do that like in smaller trays. Well, the one I saw was like the size of this kitchen table. Yeah, like it was fucking huge. I couldn't. I don't think you could read that if you wanted. Number eight, Garth Ennis. 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 Ennis the Penis. Garth Ennis. He is noted for Preacher, Hitman, The Boys, and Punisher. I have not checked out The Boys yet. I obviously really, really enjoy Preacher. Um, I haven't read Hitman either. And everybody does Hellblazer, don't they? At some point, it seems like. Well, because um, it's weird because Hellblazer, it was a Vertigo book. And it ran for 300 issues. Uh, or close to like 300. Um, but it was this weird thing to where like it was almost like a DC comic to where like a creative team would take over for so long and then you'd get a new writer or a new artist or whatever. So yeah, a lot of like those big name, um, especially the like, creator on work, normally at some point in time had at least a run or two on Hellblazer. Right. Which, you know, just speaks to the volume of that series and how much you should probably check that out with all those cool creators on it. That's true. Uh, number nine. Doesn't really need much of an introduction here. Mr. Neil Gaiman. His comic work he's noted for is Sandman, Death, and 1602. I uh, I read the first volume of Sandman for Book Club, and that yeah. was really good. Um, I would say he's definitely, uh, at this point, more well-known for his novels, though. Because they get Probably, made into yeah, movies yeah. and TV shows, and of course, I would like to see a ta- like a Sandman series. That'd be cool. They're supposed to be doing something Sandman somewhere. I think Netflix. Maybe I think I Netflix heard. is doing something Sandman. But um, I was I gonna say about Neil Gaiman? Good I think, omens. No, uh, but I think like the comics, because uh, I think the books kind of came after the comics. I think like, I think he started. That's what what I'm saying. But this is of the last 25 years. And I mean, I haven't read death or 1602, but would you say that puts him as as the best in the last Mm -hmm. 25 years? Because what was 20 years ago, 20 or uh, 1999. So I guess we, yeah, I guess Mm -hmm. Sam man stuff falls in that because that was the eighties and nineties. But 1602 is pretty cool because it was just, it was the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. Set back in 1602, so there's like a lot of medieval type shit. Yeah, it was pretty interesting on how he did. Now, okay, and then they did sequels after that, and they were fucking pretty terrible from what I've heard. But <laughs> um, number ten, Jody Hauser, Jody the lady. Yes, I do believe so. Yeah, it's hard to say with Jody. That's one of those names. Yeah, I'm not familiar with this person's work, so 
Jody Hauser is noted for Faith, Mother Panic, Star Wars adaptations. I'll read about her, this person because I yeah. don't know that. Yeah, yeah it's a lady. Because I've I've heard the name, but again, that's yeah. one of the ones that I haven't. The last two years have seen Jody Hauser rise to prominence like a rocket. Her tales with Faith, an unassuming girl who gets superpowers after wanting nothing more than to be a hero her whole life, are arguably the best work they put out. From a joyful, optimistic hero, she moved to Mother Panic, a dark, nearly Vertigo-style book set in the main DC universe about a girl in Gotham who's a socialite. Hmm. Yeah, I've, I've not heard any of those books either. Well, you know, well is what? Faith the... Uh, yeah, no, yeah. Is that that Faith? Yeah, from, um, from uh, Valiant. So yeah, I think... Because I think the person who did that, and I don't know why they wouldn't put it in the credits, mm. is um, the Harbinger. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean... I didn't... Um, I never read Faith because I didn't... The character was too happy-go-lucky for me. I just... Like Squirrel Girl and anything like that. I usually don't get into like the playful, happy character so much. You know what? I think... I'm pretty sure that's the... Uh, I think she might have did... Remember that um, that trade I showed you that was from that TKO company? The um, Paradise something or other with the homeless guy over in California and like he was trying to serve a motor. That sounds familiar. Number 11, Jeff Johns. He's obviously noted for Green Lantern and The Flash. You're a Jeff Johns fan, aren't you? Yes, yes. If it wasn't for Jeff Johns, DC would be in a war of pain back in the day. Like, he single-handedly brought back Hal Jordan, Green Lantern. I th- before, he, before he showed up, Hal, Hal Jordan was the specter. Mm-hmm. His quality, like, he's a good writer, but what he's able to do, and this is one of those weird things that it is very specific to comic book writing is that you have that history. He's able to mind and dig that history with and get these little nuggets or, like, um, turn these stupid things. Because like, back in the day, like, uh, the Green Lantern's ring couldn't work against anything that was yellow. Yeah. And, like, he, he was able to... Uh, he was able to make it so, like, that's because, like, eventually Sinestro gets his own corpse and it's the Phil corpse and it's the... Um, and their energy's yellow, and so like he actually made a, a a reason to make it work, and then eventually he was able to like overcome that that thing. He and, expands it on, made an actual yeah, story out yeah, of it. Yeah, he's able to take a whole bunch, and like he loves the stuff so much that he takes the time and the care and to just like because he did like a ninety a ninety issue run at Green Lantern, mm-hmm. um, and then so like in the Flash, like I said, he brought uh. Uh, Barry Allen back from the dead. He was dead for like twenty five years after Infinity Crisis. Like, um, at that time it was just Wally West doing his thing, and he had a big epic run on Justice League and the New Fifty Two. Um, and he like let's put it this way: he did such a good job that they had him stop doing comics to go and try to work on like the CW shows and the DC Damn. movies and stuff like that. So, so if you see anything in any of the DC movies that is good, that you liked, chances are that it's coming, that it was from him. (laughs) Very prolific writer then. Number 13, Marjorie Liu, noted for X-23, Dakin, and Monstrous. Is Monstrous the one we read? read, I I did not. I I was a do not finish, which is very rare for me. I just did not care for that style of storytelling. Not even style of storytelling, just like the, what was it, like a fantasy kaiju kind of it, yeah, I it wasn't you, uh, I, I didn't like it 
wasn't for me. I got I got bored immediately. You skipped over one, sir. A very important one. Oh no, we're not reading that. Sorry, this fucking my thing didn't load correctly. We'll finish with Miss Marjorie yeah. Lou first. Lucky number thirteen. We'll go back to the the, la- the last one. So, uh, what do you think of her work there, Spencer? I've read some of her X Men stuff, and it's and it's fine. Um, and I think she has like a degree in something, so like it, her stuff's very like smart and stuff. But like, I'm with you with the the monstrous. I just, mm-hmm. and I don't know if that may have been just more of like the art. Like the art was nice looking in that book, but there was like so busy and like things just, just looked yeah, weird. I didn't. Like the like the idea and the concepts of stuff was kind of cool, but like I just was like I don't know what's going on in this book. Right. Uh, skipping back to the one I accidentally passed up, which is fucked up because this is probably my favorite author on this list. Yeah. Jeff Lemire. He uh, wrote Essex County, which I thought was awesome. He did Sweet Tooth, which I didn't check out, but you liked, right? No, I I bought the first. You um, just didn't get to it. I bought the first volume of like the deluxe collected edition of it mm-hmm. uh, a couple weeks ago. So yeah, I plan on trying to dig into that pretty deeply too. He did Descender, which was amazing. Yes. Underwater Welder. He did Black Hammer, which was amazing. Yeah, th- that stuff's great. <laughs> did Animal Man, and then he did Bloodshot, which was amazing. Yeah, that Animal Man run was awesome. <laughs> What's your deal, buddy? He's just not a Jeff Lemire fan. You don't like Jeff Lemire? I looked it up before. Because they kept, call, they kept Lemire, calling Lemire, him, Lemire, Lemire, Lemire. they kept calling him Lemire at the book club, and I watched the interview, and he says Jeff Lemire, so I'll take his word over <laughs> some of the fat heads at the book club. Ooh, ooh, you fat heads! Yeah, so uh, check out Jeff Lemire. He's a- and, he, and like he's done like that little b- list of things that he's that that <sighs> that's nothing compared to the the work that he's done. He's he's done stuff for just about like every publisher that I can think of he's at least done a story for right he's very as you said earlier for Jeff John Pacific writer like he's written so much in such a short amount of time yeah I know next up we got Jeff Loeb and I don't like the way he spells Jeff <laughs> J-E-P-H Jeff my name's Jeff he's noted for Batman Hush The Long Halloween Superman for all seasons I like The Long Halloween I thought it was pretty good yeah, um, and then, uh... Classic Batman story. Classic Batman story set in early, you know, like, first year, year or so of his Cape, Cape Crusadering. Um, he's also done a lot of, uh, uh, X-Men stuff. He's been Marvel, uh, I think he's been exclusive at Marvel for, for a while now. Um, he hasn't done too much in the actual writing, uh, department like of the comics he's been like a tv exec mm. like he's like he had a hand in like a lot of those like agents of shield and um i think even like the the netflix shows for a big deal because well before um uh before like this comic stuff that he wrote he was on like the movie sides of things he was like one of the first people to come from like hollywood and do everything like right. i guess he uh he wrote or p- produced um Teen Wolf, I think, nah, something I like that, like one of like one of those Michael J. Fox movies. Like, <laughs> I, I, I wasn't. All I know about Teen Wolf is at the end, a guy whips his willy out <laughs> yeah. and somehow left it in the movie. Um, but yeah, he's so he he's doing a lot of that stuff now. He hasn't been writing like actual comics for a while, mm-hmm. but but uh, I think mainly what puts him on that list is that like that Batman Hush. Yeah, that's the um. That's what got him. 
Yeah, which is uh, an animated movie now. So if you don't mm-hmm. feel like reading it, you can watch it. Be done not as well. Excellent. Number fifteen, Mike Mignola. He's a artist too, isn't he? Yeah. Well, he, he's the creator of Hellboy. That's what I thought. Yeah, because he's noted for Hellboy and BPRD. Yeah. So like he he started out with, and then too he you know he's done he did like Marvel and some DC stuff before that, but then once he started Hellboy, and like he wrote and drew like the first couple things of that, but like then. Like, he saw the BPRD, and, like, he does a whole bunch of other um, series. Because like, that's a pretty, like, expanding universe at now at this point. Like, they're, like, a big... I let Nitro off for one minute, <laughs> and now there's fucking chaos. <laughs> um, But, so, uh, that's a very, like, a big thing now, Dark Horse. Like, that's, like, they... I think that's, like, a main majority of their, um... Uh, their catalog, so he doesn't do so much of the the drawing so much anymore. But he writes like a shit ton of books, right? And I think maybe he might do like the covers and some shit if he feels like it. But yeah, he's definitely been doing a lot more of his of his writing. Um, and like I heard something on a podcast not too long ago that he's been doing like he's just like I'm gonna take a year off and just you know from you know I think still write, but any like artist thing then just be like I'm just gonna learn how to paint. Must be nice. Yeah. Must be nice to have the free time. Number 16, Terry Moore, known for Strangers in Paradise, Echo, and Rachel Rising. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, uh, like, I'm not real familiar with. Not enough can be, not enough can ever be said about Strangers in Paradise and its impact on comics. Yeah, I don't The GLAAD award-winning series, now in development as a TV show, finally, was Slice of Life, but also had some of the craziest plot twists of its time. Echo told a truly, truly modern superhero story that felt like it could take place in a world just adjacent to our own. He's even gotten into straight-up supernatural horror with Rachel Rising. I know I heard of Rachel Rising. The, the Paradise one, not so much. I could have sworn um, Terry Moore or somebody affiliated with Terry Moore was in a panel we went to about feminism once. Or, like, women in comics or something. Hmm. Because there was like Betty and Veronica. I could have sworn that Rachel Rising was talked about there. I mean, I could be incorrect, but I, I haven't read it. So that's the yeah. only thing that sticks in my mind. Number 18, Jimmy Palmiotti. Palmiotti. Jimmy Palmiotti is known for Harley Quinn and Power Girl. I have not read either of those titles in my life. He also did. Uh, he had a good run of Jonah Hex. The Also have not read Jonah Hex. But a cowboy guy. Who, I know who he is. Yeah, with the face. Well, but. I'm telling the listeners that might not they, know. They all know. Everyone knows. Mm. Okay, go ahead. You can. Well, yeah, just basically cowboy guy, fucked up face, deals with a whole bunch of weird shit back in, like, you know, the cowboy days. But, uh, yeah, like, I, he's one of those, he used to be, like, he, he was an artist, too. And, like, I think he's just slowly moved into, uh, into writing. Um, and then he's married to another artist, uh, Amanda Con- Connor. And, like, I think that they do, like, they kind of co-write a lot of stuff. But mm-hmm. I haven't just, I'm not a huge Holly Quinn fan in general for the most part. So you don't read the word. So I haven't read, like, a lot of his series. But it was, like, I heard nothing but good things about it. Number 19, Greg Rucka. Noted for Whiteout, WW, which I'm assuming is a Wonder Woman title. Lazarus, mm. Detective, and Gotham Central. Yeah, that was a Wonder Woman title. And uh, he did, uh, he had a Punisher run that was pretty sweet. Um, I think he's, now he's doing, I think now he's doing a, uh, fuck, 
I can't remember if it was him or if it was um, Brew Breaker uh, doing a um, a Lois Lane series for uh, for DC right now. That's supposed to be pretty good. I don't want to read about Lois Lane unless she's doing some superhero shit. She's like, or she's like, you know, she's reporting. She's like, uh, yeah. You know. I gotcha. But I, I like Greg Rucker's stuff. He has a very kind of like, like no bullshit. Like let's get into kind of some uh, shit. Like number twenty, Gail Simone, noted for her Secret Six, Clean Room, Birds of Prey, and also Wonder Woman. I have not read any of those titles. Gail Simone, I've read some of her. She did some like X Men stuff back in the day. Um, I know this is gonna say ter- terrible because I'm just like anytime there's like a female writer, I'm just like I haven't read a lot of their stuff. But well, I don't know if it says anything about the comic book industry or ourselves. But it seems a lot of these women writers tend to write, you know, Wonder Woman, Harley Quinn. Like they're a lot of women stories, and. I don't tend to read a lot of women characters, not because I'm really disinterested. It's just like uh, Captain Marvel, for example. I just never really got into the... Like, I feel like they're almost like side characters, kind of. I never really got into them too much. Um, like Harley Quinn, I just never... Wasn't for me. See, I like, the Harley Quinn thing is, like, I like Harley Quinn in, like, the smaller doshes, or, like, they did... Like a, a side character, not the main they, character. They did this series... Like gotta be like fifteen years ago, but it was called Gotham Seat Street Sinners, and it was Harley Quinn, Poison Ivy. And now that Cat- was cool. I and, remember that. And Catwoman, and they were all just kind of roommates, and they were kind of getting they get into some shit in there, like because all three of them kind of teeter line of like trying to do some good, but end up doing some bad sometimes. Yeah, and like that was cool because it was a cool. Uh, uh, dynamic between like all of them and, and stuff like that. So, but it's like whenever you take them by themselves, is whenever I'm just kind of like, okay, I don't, I'm not into it that much, I guess. Yeah. Uh, number twenty one, Scott Snyder, most noted for American Vampire and Batman. I heard uh, American Vampire is pretty good. It's it it is, but like he hasn't done anything with it in like five fucking years. Well, didn't Stephen King? Uh, he wrote a backup for the first, um, for the first like a story arc, right? Because it starts out like because there's these a whole bunch of these different um like um uh species of vampires, mm-hmm. and um this guy um during like the turn of the century, I think it was, um got bit by these vampires and somehow got like baited underground and somehow it, like it made him like super strong like it like it like it like he mutated into like a different kind of vampire mm-hmm. and like he can i think he he's able to like go out into the uh daylight but then like but like these vampires like they get like um when they kind of like turn or whatever they can get like their fingers get kind of like sharper and like more like jagged yeah. teeth and like stuff like that and it was cool and like they you know like so they would do like the 50s and like the 60s and stuff and then like Snyder blew up and like he's been doing all this stuff for DC and stuff and he keeps on teasing about going back and doing stuff but he also always said, a tease he uh I let you borrow the the wake didn't I no no I didn't you did not uh with him and like Scott uh Sean Murphy um it's like a futuristic like turn of like the like the ice cap smell and like everything almost kind of like a badass water ward mm-hmm. like it, he a lot of pretty interesting things he 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 because uh, we've talked a lot a lot about him like up at the comic book shop he has he's very good 
at like these grand ideas and um and scope of stuff but sometimes he it seems like he has trouble sticking the landing on some things right uh he's been he's in the midst of uh a pretty good run of justice league right now that has been pretty good so i'll check that out if you if you haven't yet i have not but you're not a justice league guy though no i'm not 22 noel stevenson noted for lumberjanes and nimona Heard Lumberjanes was good. Yeah, I've heard stuff about that, but I've I don't I don't. It's a boom even, book, right? Yeah, it's like one of those like um I almost want to say like, not like kid books, but like like a younger audience maybe. Mm-hmm. Well, this is uh is this for Nimona? It says that uh, Noel she published herself on Tumblr before completing the graphic novel. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, twenty three. Raina Telgemeier. Might have messed that last name up. Noted for her smile, sisters, and ghost. I have not heard of her or any of her work. It's, uh... No, I have, I have not heard her work, but, uh... Well, I'm gonna say, after we get done with the list, because we're almost done, I'm gonna have... Because I, I have a kind of a theory about, the, about this list, so... Yeah, I want to hear that, because we might be thinking of the same thing, because I also wanted to bring up a couple authors or writers that I felt were not on this list that might yeah. have... I mean, maybe they're just my personal favorites, but... 24, Brian K. Vaughn, Why the Last Man, great book. Yeah, awesome. Uh, Runaways, Ex Machina, or Ex Machina, depending on how you pronounce it, also great. Private Eye, Pride of Baghdad, was goddamn sad. And then, But uh, wasn't that good, though? Wasn't it, was, it was wasn't, pretty good. Like, it's I a did, true story. Yeah, and like I didn't think, like, like oh, what am I going to like? But it's like... It's like a, a badass Lion King kind of thing, almost. Where everybody dies, or all the lions die at the end, but it was pretty fucking cool. And then, uh, which he's probably most known for at this point, besides Why the Last Man, is Saga. Yeah. Oh, that's a series I want to check out, but it's too goddamn long. Well, and then see, the thing about that is, is like, so they just hit the, like, issue 50, and they, they're going, they've been on, like, at least, like, a year-long hiatus. And now, like, the rumor is, like, he's getting a whole bunch of TV work, so it's like, when's he going to get back to writing this? Like, mm-hmm. so you don't want to get get stuck on... And, like, I guess where they broke off for, like, the hiatus is, like, a big, like, cliffhanger. Right. So it's like, I don't want to deal with that, man. Like, he's also he also wrote that uh, Paper, Gore, Paper Gores we just yeah. read for Book Club 2, um, which I just read the second volume of that series, and that... He does a lot of good fucking series. He's yeah. like Jeff Lemire. He just does a lot of good work. Yeah. Like, very consistent. Yeah. Uh, number 25, ending the list, is G. Willow Wilson, noted for Miss Marvel, Air, and Cairo. I have not heard any of those. I mean, I know Miss Marvel, but I've never heard of uh, Air, G. Willow I've, Wilson. Air, I think I've, I, I've seen that book, like, up at Collins. I'm not exactly sure what it's about. Again, she's she's done some Batman and Wonder. I think she's on like Wonder Woman now. So again, I think in two like a lot of these are newer people too. Well, if especially I'm, I think at the time that this list was made. If I'm thinking correctly, that new Miss Marvel title, uh, Miss Marvel title was about like Miss Marvel is a like a Muslim or a Muslim American yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah, she's Muslim or Afghani or one of, like one of those Middle Eastern. I think it's which one did you say? I thought it was like an American Muslim. Muslim. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. You mean, but yeah, she's a Middle, Middle Eastern. Eastern, like from descent. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, a- I haven't heard if the book was, or the title was good, but 
I mean, apparently it was pretty popular because yeah. a lot of people were talking about it. Again, maybe it's just, you know. And I think, again, like, I think that's one of those good books that was like, hey, if you have, like, a little girl, mm-hmm. you know, like, six or seven or whatever, it'd have been good to, like, hey, read this, check this out. It'd be something you'd be into. Well, it seems like a lot of these, um, which I can say the same about my taste in, you know, regular fiction, a lot of these authors that I don't know or haven't checked out the work just tend to be newer too. Yeah. Which also might fall into the the female writer category is because it seems like in comic books, female writers have become way more prominent now than you know, they were. Yeah. I can't really name any female writers from like the seventies or eighties that no. were real popular. So I think that's also has something to do with it. And I just tend not to read modern titles too much. Like anymore, I don't read your Thors and your Spider-Man. I, unless it's like a one, a one-off little mini series. I tend to read a lot of like the more indie stuff and yeah, like the stuff out of Image, and, yeah, and IDW, and, and yeah, and that like. kind of stuff. So some notable writers that were left off of this list, in my opinion, um, I would say Brian Wood. Yes, he's had some great titles. You know, uh, DMZ was one of my favorites. The Massive. Oh yeah, he had the Massive. He had um, what, what's that uh, Viking one? Oh, um, No Flanders and then Black Road. And then he also did Rebels, which was excellent. And then I would say Alan Moore and Frank Miller. Uh, It said 25 years. I mean, Alan Moore's done comics, you know, after the 80s, right? Yeah, but, like, not anything of, like, note, I think. Well, what about, when was Sin City? When did that come out? I mean, Sin City might fall in, like, Sin City and um, 300 might have fallen into that that purview i feel like yeah that had to be at least more modern at least frank miller i think should have made the list and then there was uh no todd mcfarlane i feel like in the last 25 years i mean you're talking about 90s writers yeah or do you just consider him more of an artist i think he's just more of an artist and then like like he's been writing spawn now but i think this is because he can't get anybody to do it or that like whenever somebody does it he's like no i want it like this and the guy's like well no if you can write an actual good story you should do this no so but i like a lot this article seemed to go off of like one of the big things was the cultural importance to comics these writers had and you know Todd McFarlane, granted, he was mostly known as an artist, but he created, like, image, pretty yeah. much. I don't know. What was your theory on how this article so, came like, up? I think because uh, in the heading beforehand, it, I'm pretty sure it said it was from, uh, like, 2017. Yeah, it was 25 so, of the last 25. So, um, that's almost that article's almost, like, three years old. So, I think a lot of, like, that, that, um, that list would be pretty different i think if you had the extra three years yeah um and even like some of those people would have um like the jay willow wilson and then the silly dude dude deconics like that they would have even better you know more stuff because it's not like they haven't been doing anything since Mm -hmm. that time they've been doing a lot of work and stuff and then too like you were saying i think it's not necessarily on the merit of the writing or the story i think it's uh Maybe more of a pop popularity. Yeah. And I wasn't sure, like, is number one supposed to be at the top of the list? Or was I don't number think... 25 supposed... Or is it just like, hey, these are just 25 people? Yeah, I, don't, I think it's... I didn't read that the initial chunk there. Um, I just skimmed it. And I think it just said these that was unranked. Is there anybody on that list you feel was left off, maybe? Uh, there's... A, could we bring up Jeff Johns? And there was a guy who helped break a lot of... Uh, 
like the like Green Lantern Core, which was a different book going on, but um uh oh shit. Um uh, his name is uh fuck. Fucking That's fuck. why he's not on yeah. the list. Uh, but so uh but he, I'm looking him up real quick, guys. Hold on. Uh, but he's done a lot of work. He's he's the current uh, writer for Detective Comics right now. Um, he uh, did a, a huge run of Batman books. Um, Damian Wayne, Bruce Wayne's son, they did this Batman and Robin book whenever Batman was dead, and Nightwing was the uh, was was Batman and. And Damien was his Robin, and, like, that stuff was amazing. Uh, it's, like, uh, Peter something or other. Hold on, I'm still trying. I'm, I'm talking and texting at the same time. It does Doing a terrible job at both, man. Yeah, a terrible job at both. Well, while you're doing that, I want to bring up another one okay. I feel like should should have been on this list. Uh, Grant Morrison. Wasn't he on there? I don't think so. I thought something through. Didn't Double check. Unless I skipped. I don't remember seeing Grant Morrison. Because he's definitely... Um... Yeah, that's one of the first persons I thought would be on this list when I saw it. Like I said, my thing loaded up a little weird. Oh, he was. He was number 17. We uh, skipped him uh. somehow. It, some of these didn't load up for me, and I just it just went to the next one. Grant Morrison's known for We Three, Justice League, New X Men, All Star Superman, Batman, and The Invisibles. Yeah, I was gonna say you can't skip Grant Morrison. And The Invisibles, that I heard that was um, a big influence on like the people who like with um, uh, like The Matrix. Yeah, and, like and like that kind of weird, weird stuff like that. Um, so I guess the only one that was like a modern writer I felt like should have been on this list that wasn't was Brian Wood. Like, that has, you know, really consistent and acclaimed work. But maybe he's really not that popular outside of the, you know, the more indie stuff. Well, who was the one who did Luther Strode? Oh, that's Justin Jordan. Yeah, you... I really like... We've talked to him a while. Um, Didn't uh, he do, like, a Green Lantern run, too, or something? I thought he had more prominent work out there. He had a... uh, Yeah, he did a a Green Lantern's New Guardian run. He had some... um, he just did a sideways series. He's a new character, um, but he's uh, he also did uh, what else from DC? But he's done a whole bunch of like in uh, image, and he's another guy who likes to um, do these different series from different mm-hmm. publishers and stuff like that. Uh, Peter J. Thompson or Tom Tom Thompson T O M A S I is the guy who was. Um, I was talking about from yeah. Batman and Green Lantern stuff. What about Matt Fraction? Was he on this? I don't know. He no, wasn't. and that was the guy I was going to bring up. He's the guy who's married to um, Sally, du- Sally Sue DeConnick. They're married. I'm yeah, because he did that cool Hawkeye series, yeah. didn't he? And, uh, and the sex criminals. And another one, if this this was a little bit newer, would be uh, Tom King. Tom King has... um, He's getting ready to end his, like, almost 80 issue run of batman he did uh mr miracle um which everybody loved i haven't had a chance to read that yet i just got done reading uh sheriff of babylon mm-hmm. which i like i gotta let you borrow that i think you would like that that was a vertigo book they're just getting they announced that uh 
him and the guy who did Sheriff of Babylon, they're doing a Adam Strange series, which mm-hmm. has got people excited, so... Another one, I, I mean, just personally, I'd put it on the list because I really like the work, was uh, Rick Remender did uh, yeah. Tokyo Ghost. Yeah. That was a really awesome series. Yeah, and he did, he had a lot of, like, he did, he had a really good uh, X-Force run. He even had a run on the Avengers for a little bit. And he he did a Deadly Class. Yeah. He wrote Deadly Class, which I've been destroying that in trade now recently. Um... I don't think there's anything else I could think of. What about Robert Kirkman? Yeah, you could definitely put... Yeah, because it's not like he's like... Uh, he does a lot more than just like The Walking Dead. But yeah. even if he only did The Walking Dead, that's definitely like going back to the cultural impact and comics and stuff. Yeah. He kind of reinvigorated the whole zombie craze. Yeah. In movies, TV, and everything. Yeah. If it wasn't for The Walking Dead, I feel like the zombies it wouldn't have been as popular as it is now. Probably not. It was never as popular as it was when The Walking Dead was at its peak. Know, yeah. yeah. But yeah, he's had... Um, he did a book called Invincible... And it's, like, basically just, like, him taking, like, all these crazy, like, superhero elements from all these stories and just putting them into his own characters. Um, I read the first trade of that. It was good. I just, it's, like, 130 or 70 issues long, something weird like that. So, like, it's just got to get caught up on that. Um, Outcast is ending. That was pretty good. Um, he just, uh, Oblivion song. Oblivion song is a new one that he's working mm-hmm. on that is pretty interesting. So yeah, he definitely is a very uh, high kind kind of not high concept, but he definitely doesn't just be like because you think oh maybe like he zombie things like the next thing he would try to do is like a vampire yeah. story or something like that. Like no, he he's not afraid to go and do some crazy shit. I always wanted to check out like one of his first books was Battle Pope. Mm-hmm. And I forget the the main idea around it, but it was, like, some crazy shit with, like, a Pope has to do some weird shit, I think. So, like, that was something that I always wanted to check out. Sounds quite interesting. Yeah, well, that's the list. I mean, other than those few exceptions, I, sure, I think it was pretty solid. Yeah, I'm sure as soon as we turn this off, I'm going to be like, oh, and there was this guy and that person. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, there's just too many fucking titles to keep up with. Oh, anyway... Oh, Robert Venditti. We're not going anymore. Robert Venditti. You Van like Robert Diddy. Van You like Venditti. He's done a lot of Van- Valiant stuff. You don't know if I like Venditti. You like Venditti. You know who I don't like? Who did that, um, that shitty, uh, fuck, what, what's that, uh, god damn, it's Valiant, the, uh, spooky character guy. Oh, uh, Shadow Man? Yeah, who did the shitty Shadow Man arc? So the fucking punk rock yeah. shitty shadow. Who did that one? Well, so that started out with Justin Jordan. Yes, it's I like that. Yeah, so he did like the first train and a half, and then after that was um, penis McBooger face, right? No, it was uh, I forget his name, but he's like he actually's done like good work. I think like it's just like something with that series did not click. That's when it, I fell off with it. It got no, ridiculous. I've read the first two volumes of the new Shadow Man, and that's pretty good. It's pretty good. I couldn't tell you who the writer on is off the top of mm. my head, but it, it, it's been a pretty good read. Oh, who did the... Uh... No, you know, we're not going to go into anymore. Wait, you going to say Ninjack? No, not Ninjack. Um, I we got in this episode. We're in an hour. If you folks just want to say hi, you can hit us up on DrunkPenWriting.com. You can head on over to Twitter 
Hit us up at Drunk Pen Writing. Go to Facebook at Drunk Pen Writing. And um, I'm sure there's something else I'm forgetting. Doing our giveaway still, so I'll probably make another official post next week just to have it and maybe uh, pin that to the top of our social media platforms. And uh, you folks, have a wonderful evening. This has been Comic Talk with DPW. Bye. See you. <laughs> <laughs>